Nitrate power. You're in the dog zone for an hour. Come on. You know the number. Welcome to the Dog Zone 9000, the official podcast of 1900hotdog.com, supported entirely by Patreon. I'm enduring internet icon Sean Baby with my co host, the new Robert Cheese Stuffed Crust Brockway. Ooh, delicious. Uh, I'm Robert Brockway. Here's a Brockway fact I've done karaoke three times in my life. One time caused a bar brawl, one actually physically destroyed part of the bar, and the other went fine. <sighs> Any follow up questions? Several. No follow-up questions. Damn it. Well, today we're joined again by our own audio engineer. She's a musician and award-winning adult film star. This smoke show formerly known as Jamie French. It's Jamie Kelly. You guys have refused to assume (laughs) my actual noble name. Oh, really? Oh, Lady Baron Jamie Kelly. (laughs) There you go. The Baroness. There it goes. Okay. You own a a significant portion of Germany, and thus uh, you are a true baroness. And and a Lady J. Yes, and... (laughs) Lady J in the sheets? (laughs) Or wait, you want an opposite, huh? (laughs) Yeah, I think you want the baroness in the sheets. Yeah, you want the baroness in the sheets. Yeah. Well, this week we are talking about a forgotten but important reality show from 2004 called... The WB's Superstar USA. And I say it's important because this is where we, as terrible Americans, discovered our maximum capacity for televised humiliation. I feel like uh, this we they put this show out and everyone's like, nope, that's too far. Stop it. Go back. Uh, if you're not familiar with the show, it was uh, some maniacs at WB saw American Idol and they thought, I like the part where they make fun of the shitty singers. Why don't we make a whole show about just that? It's very, uh, it's like getting a whole cake made out of frosting or uh, making all your sex entirely out of the penis biting, if you'd prefer to be put that way. So here's the thing. Uh, I guess we talked about this a little before the show, but we were all monsters in 2004. It's hard to like look upon what we did and talked about with the same context of today. It, it looks like hate crimes, of course. Yes, being uh, shitty was the only way to be. That was how we yes. knew how to communicate. And we were... To be fair, we were shitty people, but yes. also the tone of the world was different. There was something about, uh, we still had some irony left we hadn't used up. Like you could be a shitty person and sort of wink like, you know, but not really. Uh, we used that up, obviously. Uh, but here at this time, uh, we were bullies and psychopaths. And uh, American Idol, however, the thing they stole from, uh, it tempered its cruelty with a bit of storytelling. So they didn't just mock idiots. There was a lot of success stories. And when they did make fun of the idiots, whether they did this subconsciously or very consciously, uh, you would see sort of their delusion and their arrogance collide against reality. And it's sort of like, okay, they deserve to get made fun of because they came in here talking like they're hot shit. Like, I'm the greatest singer in the entire world. And then you get to watch that asshole learn that they suck. And you're just like, that's sort of a license to make fun of a person. And... WB Superstar is missing almost all of that. Like, th- there's no context that allows this to be okay. Intentionally designed uh, I, without all of that. <laughs> Intentionally designed so that every part 
misses all of the good parts or any mitigation of the cruelty of it. This is yeah, yeah. <clears throat> the just evil. It's, it's it's cynicism on top of cynicism on uh-huh. top of an additional layer of cynicism. This is yeah. This is going to be tough to beat. Like our series has been that we've done with American Inventor with with Megan Once a Millionaire. It's just mm-hmm. like the wrong-headed and cruel evilness of early to mid to 2000s reality TV. I I do know at least one other show we're looking into to cover for this. I think this is over. I think this is this is going to be tough to beat this one. Yes. Uh, there was a moment uh, three years after the show aired and we all kind of agreed, okay, we got to shift gears. There was a, a 2007 season of American Idol where they were in Seattle and there was two kids in line next to each other uh, and this went pretty viral uh, back at a time when the internet was, you know, obviously big. And it was like one chubby kid and then like a nerdy kid. And they were sitting next to each other and they made like best friends. And they were both super weirdos. Uh, and the first guy comes in and he couldn't sing or dance. And he had like this real phony positive attitude. And then Simon Cowell's like, you look like a fucking bush baby. Like, he's just like, your face is <laughs> fucked up. Fuck your bone structure. And... <laughs> How dare you be born that way, child? He he couldn't sing or dance, but 80% of the criticism Simon Cowell had for this guy was his face. He probably, you know, his astigmatism or whatever was wrong with the guy's eyes. And then the next guy uh, uh, had a weight problem and he comes in and he's like, uh, Simon's like, hey, you're wearing Randy's pants. So he's making a fat joke about two people in the room. (laughs) Including one of his ostensibly co-workers and friends. Yes. And uh, so anyway, they kick both these kids out, but they put it on TV and they both probably had learning disabilities. Like I'm trying to put it in a nice way, but like these kids, it was not okay to make fun of these people. And everyone saw this and it was just like, okay, no, fuck you. And then uh, American Idol made a pretty hard shift away from humiliation. They still did it sometimes, but uh, But they were much more careful about editing it to look like the good guys. Right. There was a, a gleefulness about the first five or six episodes of American Idol every season where it's just like, oh, here come the shitty singers. And like, that's uh, no longer a thing. So that show um, combined with WB Superstar really helped either get it out of our system or use it all up, however you want to put it. But we just, we don't do it anymore. Um, but to be clear, the, the, the entire premise of WB Superstar was they get the bad singers and then they tell them, oh my God, you're so good. and then. They pick 12 of them and then they take those 12 people and they uh, like pamper them like Hollywood stars as if like you're going to be the next American Idol and then uh, have like an elimination tournament. It, it, to their eyes, in their experience, it's just American Idol. It's uh, Yeah, and- I'd like to elaborate on that a little bit because it's the it's not just the overall premise of this show that I find so offensive. It's the little things that they do. Like it's it's a reverse American Idol where they're competing to find the worst one, right? But right. they don't just like tell the bad singers they're great. They also invite good ones on and tell them yes. they're pieces of shit in like no That's... uncertain terms. They crush their self-esteem and dreams and yeah. then just send them away. And they keep these deluded ones that can never be on the bit. And then they hire a crew of hundreds, if not thousands, like the audience members, the crew mm-hmm. to fully deceive this person. They give them like a personal staff and coaches and consultants so that they think, yeah. oh, you're spending a lot of money on me. This is my career. And then they 
they, I didn't see the episode, but in the little pre-roll, they were like, and then we're going to take them shopping for multi-million dollar mansions and expensive cars to show them the life they could have. It's just, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's a Truman up. show thing, but like designed to build domestic terrorists. Is this not just a goof on the audience or is this actually, is this actually as sad as it seems to be on the surface level? I think it could be both things. I think I it could like be th- underestimating the intelligence of the audience and uh, and mocking them for it and also be genuinely sad and cruel. Yes. I feel like what they wanted, uh, what they wanted to produce was uh, a show entirely out of the American Idol rejects, like all William Hung's that we could sort of enjoy making fun of, but have um, like something about it is intriguing. Like they're going for Tim and Eric, but they kind of missed and hit like you know, dicks. They just a bunch of dicks. Uh, so their best case scenario was finding people with like a fun failure and they edited the show deceptively, however you want to put it, to get there as as best they could. And so uh, I don't think the show's super honest, but I feel like they, they're honest in what they're trying to make. And uh, just like every, any reality producer, they'll kind of splice it together to to push yeah, it in well, that direction. But, uh, when you say they're honest in what they're trying to make, we're talking about a flavor for the time that it came right. out. And that like really perks up my ears about like we are all the same age, right? And mm-hmm. where were we when we were seeing the show? I thought it would be my favorite show. I watched several episodes of this thinking my favorite part of American Idol is watching people get humiliated. And then I saw this, and I'm like, wait, this takes all the joy out of that. That takes all the license out of that. This is super mean. And uh, it's not the first time in my life I said, oh, wait, I'm a bad person for wanting to hurt someone. I'm very naturally, uh, I, my instincts are bully-like. You might know this from my writing. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I've edited a couple of things. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, yeah, and then you got to temper that with, you know, as much kindness as you can. You got to pick your targets, I guess. And I haven't always been good about that. And I feel like this show failed harder than I ever did. But the premise of this show was let's pick all the wrong targets. Yes. Let's let's exclusively bring in people who have dreams to crush them. I know. Uh... Yeah. But um, I do, I, I wrote down in my notes, like kind of a, a all the contestants as they appear, because there's some that I definitely want to talk about and some that are, Real indicative we, of what Brockway's saying about how, like, hey, this person came in here with talent, and then they're like, hey, you fucking suck, get the fuck out of here. In, like, real canned ways. Like, one guy's like, he's like, hey, knock, knock. And the, guy, the singer's like, who's there? Who just did a great song. He's like, who's there? Thinking he's going to hear something nice. He goes, you suck. And then he's just, like, heartbroken. Just completely yeah, crestfallen. Wrote, they wrote all-purpose lines for, like, here's how yeah. to be shitty if somebody's good. And then you just yes. consult the line. For I do sure. want to talk about the uh, the hosts. So it's hosted by a guy named Brian McFadden. And uh, it seems like that's what he did and what He's he... He's perfect for this. I, yeah. If you could not design a better 2003 bully. Like this, this is right. the guy stuffing everybody into a toilet in 2003. In every single movie you saw in 2003. Yeah. Picture He's that writing guy. on the rage. Okay, okay, picture that guy. Picture No, I'm just saying picture that guy and that's okay. spot on. Yes. Uh, he seemed like he'd been watching Ryan Seacrest 
for like 10 years being like, oh, that could be fucking me. Like he just came into this role with a lot of like, like rage behind his eyes. Like he seems like, did you notice he would hug a lot of the contestants and then like look at the camera, like look at this fucking pathetic idiot hugging me. Yes. Like, yes, he had so much casual cruelty in him. They yes. could not have cast this better, though. Like, if you were yeah. casting this, that guy just, I think he lived and breathed this exact premise of, like, I'm yeah. going to be disingenuous to idiots yep. and uh, be really shitty about it. So I don't, I don't think he even had to audition. I think he just came in and was himself. And uh, again, like, it's hard to be genuine and a TV host. Like, Ryan Seacrest doesn't give a shit about these people, but he had has like that Pat Sajic type of smarminess where you're like, okay, for the, for the broadcast, it looks like he's friendly. Uh, this guy does not have that. This guy's just like, yada, yada. Like he's got a, like a Craig Kilborn thing where you're like, dude, are, should you be making fun of these people? That you can't, it's not really your job here, buddy. But um, the, the guest judges, the, the celebrity judges are vitamin C, who of course everyone knows is number 74 on Maxim's hot 100 women of 2001. And uh, Tone Loke, who knows a little something about deceit after drugging and sexually assaulting all those people and dogs in the hit song Funky Cold Medina. I like how uh, he broke it down for us. When they got to Tone Loke's section, he misunderstood the direction of like talk about the show. And he yes. he just said, the good singers are whack and the whack singers are good. You know what I mean? And that was his vibe. Yeah, let's do it. That was his vibe. <laughs> I wasn't going to do the voice. <laughs> uh, the other is... Briggs, and he is going for like Simon Cowell. Just and he Briggs, missed. yeah, just Briggs, just a fucking edge lord nerd. Uh, and Jamie, might have, you might have uncovered this in your research, but can you name the movie series he helped produce? He's got a little IMDb credits. Uh, so uh, for Briggs, uh, I actually did do this. Uh, Ooh, can I guess first? Yeah, let oh, Brock please, guess. By all means. Uh, Briggs. The scary movies. Yeah. Scary movie series. Yeah. Am I, am I right? Yeah, you got it. <laughs> he, did, uh, he was, did a scary movie. The, the one I thought was most telling was he was a producer on Hostel, Hostel 2, yep. and Hostel 3. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't see that's a little too on the nose. I wouldn't have guessed yes, that. Yes, it's too on the nose. That, that like, would have been my joke. This? It's super yeah. on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's everything that is like the worst impulses of <laughs> trying to create entertainment. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he was going for this, that sort of like detached, like cruelty that Simon Cowell has, but Simon Cowell, uh, most people hate him, I suppose, but he has like a charisma and he has a lot of wit. And so someone will come in and he'll like destroy them, but you're like, well, that's kind of funny. And then sometimes you're even like, also they suck. So he, maybe they deserved it. But like, I think it's uh, also that he just, ha- he's like, has any small amount of musical expertise. Right. He um, also is a pretty decent judge of talent. Yeah. And which Briggs does not has, has absolutely nothing. He, his only skill is I'm a white dickhead. Yeah. He pulls the legs off of insects. Absolutely. And babies. <laughs> uh, so, so some guy comes in uh, and sings, why do fools fall in love in full falsetto, like chipmunk high single note, just sings like a teapot. And Briggs is like, do you have both your testicles? So, like, that's the level of joke he's coming in with. Um, I think this the next girl comes in and does Whitney Houston, and she sings, uh, like, the same line 400 times. And it's, it's so weird. Like, something I, – I, I watched it twice because I'm like, did they edit this? 
And I don't think they did. I think her brain just broke and she just repeated a line like for five minutes straight. Um, anyway, my note here says it's super not fun. Uh, like the audio is bad in the studio. So they're not just bad singers, but it's also, it, it seems like they're, you know, I recording she, from a different she was room. also the one with kind of a thick accent. Yeah. And uh, they specifically mocked her for it saying, but like didn't want to say it. They said, he said, uh, we liked how you made words sound different. Just yeah. really sarcastically. Yeah. So like, like, like shit that you might not catch if you're like a really nervous American Idol contestant, but like, it's way too obvious to be clever. Like you're not hiding yeah, anything. They'll, they'll think about it later and be like, oh, that there. fucking asshole making fun of how I talk. Uh, I really liked the next guy who was like an aging theater nerd in a sparkly shirt. Came in with sang. his rhinestone chainmail. His name was Lance. And yes. Fucking, and he sang just... <laughs> yeah, theater nerd all the way. Lance did his best, and then they, he left, and they they got. I think they got Brian because of his delivery when he says, "That tight shirt is cool in just <laughs> the bulliest way." Yeah, and Lance Lance has no option. He knows, but he has no option but to be like, "Thanks, uh huh, thanks, man." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'll give you the benefit right. of the doubt, but fuck you, dude. For me, I feel like once you've gone to the place where you're expressing yourself publicly and creating art, you've put it out there for criticism. And part of the fun is uh, when that sucks. Like, like you say, Hey, here's a thing I've made. I think it's great. Everyone's like, well, this totally sucks. There's a, I find that fun. Some people don't like, I remember uh, Dan O'Brien once said like, how dare, why, why would someone get mad at you for trying to make art? I don't agree with that sentiment because if, because if it's we just allow, site. Right, of course. But I think if you just allow bad art to exist, like suddenly nothing means anything, you know, Wait, like there has to be a difference between good and bad art. And part of policing that is making fun of extremely bad art. Um, yeah. Here's where what, the like, here's where the where they really fucked up. Like there's a way to do this show that is still reprehensible for sure, but you see where they're coming from. And I think it's the I might be skipping one or two, but I think it's the next guest, Jamie, who's the very... Very plastic just one. Yeah. Plastic blonde who comes in yeah. and she has a huge ego about how great she is. And she wrote the <laughs> lyrics to the song on her hand and keeps just very visibly checking it. Yeah. And like, Fantastic. there is nothing you could have ever said, even if they hated her, if she was on American Idol, that would ever make a dent in like her opinion of herself and her abilities. Uh-huh. Yep. And that's the people you can see them do it. That's the people they want to keep and make fun of. But they only find out of all of this it seems like three or four out of the episodes we watched anyway. They only find like genuinely entirely there, but just extremely narcissistic and deluded people mm-hmm. because then That's it's the punching down. Then it's like, yeah, this person needs to learn a lesson. But they staff well, the rest of the show with people who have yeah, something. Uh, I don't know a polite way to say it, who you are not allowed to all- make fun of. I think I have a way to put it. They all have someone in their life that would be very happy to explain to you why it's not okay to make fun of them. Yes. They they each have a caretaker that would be happy to explain. Yes, it is eight of those people and then like four genuine shitbags. So we are sticking it to a couple of people in here that's like, that's okay. But Uh you're just machine gunning out (laughs) into the general morass of humanity and hoping you hit shitheads. Yes, you're throwing a grenade in an orphanage and hoping one of those kids sucks. Yes. Uh, I love that Like we kind of all 
took a minute to just try to explain the concept of the show again after Lance. It does. Because I liked Lance. Like when Lance came on and started singing in his theater nerd voice, I was like, this dude sucks hard, but I, I don't want him to know. Like, I really like Lance. Yeah, there's a, there's and actually a bunch of those in this. Yeah, I would not want him in my musical if I was making a musical, which of course, you know, I, I would want him in musicals. my musical. I was going to say there's a lot to be said about like what someone has to offer. And I feel like someone like Jamie Foss doesn't have a ton to offer. And I don't think uh, she would claim to. Like, I think she wants to be famous. And I think she probably thinks she's a good singer. But like, if you're like, what do you want like to express? Like, what what are the, I don't know. Like, what what's what are the songs you've written? What are the things you want to tell with your art? Whatever. Like, I just don't think that's there. And something about the shallowness of, of that is maybe makes it a okay target. Right. That's, for these that's people. what they're trying to find. And they do find a few of, and then, yes, but most of the show, like 80% of the runtime of the show is not about those people. It's about some, nobody told yeah. them that line and they were just like, yeah, let's throw everybody in there. And for yeah. their, for their part in Jamie herself, uh, especially vitamin C who is famous for something, uh, <laughs> She might be she the coolest because she'll pick something they're weak at and like yeah. needle them and say like to Jamie, she says, I encourage you to be more sexual. And it's just yeah, like saying that, that make, make that your whole personality now, because I want to see you embarrass yourself more like that in a way that might not even be natural to you. And I do have good instincts for this. She can't fuck. <laughs> okay. I'll cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> Cause you disagree. <laughs> that was a no, point sign. Briggs no, to her, but how they reject her. Briggs says, uh, "You have very large breasts," so I wasn't paying attention. Oh, and I, I, did, I love that. I that's can't hear this. I'm actually I'm gonna play I'm a bit embarrassed. Um, oh, here we go. But I have to be honest. I don't know if you know this, Jamie. Um, you have very large breasts. Um, they are real. Okay. I'm I just, not kidding. The problem, the problem is, I was distracted and I didn't pay attention to your singing voice. So I'm going to have to leave this, the decision to, to YouTube. And that's, that's his running gag is just direct, no punchline sexual harassment. I liked that she was, um, she deflected it. I think all, all women who look like her have a natural ability yeah. to sort of deflect, like when they get constantly tried to, when guys tried to bone them all day. But like, she was so like down for it where he's like, your breasts I can't even concentrate because of your breasts. And she's like, okay, no, I'm cool talking about my tits for a little bit. Why not? <laughs> like, she's just like, okay. <laughs> like, just bounces right off of her. Uh, In a way that he does to many other contestants, and it does not bounce off of them. Yes. I, let's, let's talk about that because uh, a few singers later, uh, a girl named Teresa comes, who's kind of a hottie, and he says, oh, here's the bad news. You're not a strong singer, but the good news is you're hot. And I'd love to take you to dinner. And she does not like this. And that's not the first time he fucking does exactly that. He, they show line. it several times. They show him yeah. do it again, at least at least once in this yeah. episode, line for line, word for word. And if I know anything about like editing these shows, that means he did it a hundred times. Yes. That's a nightmare. And like, I'm going to say, I'm going to go ahead and say, uh, if one of them said yes, he would take that date. I mean, ironically, just, you know, for the he would take that date. I bet he would tell her that he could get her a job in Hollywood. Yes. He would I, absolutely angle his his tiny position into casual sex, 100%. I, 
I think he this wouldn't is even think ironic. it was a bad thing to do. He would Up brag until he died about it. Somebody is into it. And then it's not ironic for him. Man, Briggs is so lucky this show came out. What the fuck else could he have ever done? <laughs> like, this is his one talent is like just being a shithead liar to talented people and being a disingenuous complimenter to the, the sucky. Like, yeah, he just kind of a, a bully Quentin Tarantino and just <laughs> there's That's no other slot for that guy in society. This is it. There was a Briggs shaped hole in this show. And that's the only use we had for it. I think I think there's a level that's worse than this, too, because and it's exemplified by the next singer, uh, Doreen, who shows up and she's very good. Uh, and she right. says right, and it, right. she says she spent her savings or whatever to travel from Canada for this. And then Briggs has a line where he tells her he's sick of Canadians stealing American superstar jobs. And like, that's okay. That's an all right gag. Uh, sure. If the, if the punchline wasn't that you've just depleted the savings and destroyed the dreams of a talented young woman. Right. Like Don't she might not have that ever again. Talented. That might've been, you know, it. Right. She'll go home eventually and see that the show, what the premise was maybe, hopefully, uh, and realize, okay, I was too good for this show. But for, a, I don't know, six, seven weeks, she was like, maybe I'm not very good. Like, and even if maybe, she shrugged that off entirely, like the money to travel for the, the show, sucks. which they yes. made a point of, if you're mm-hmm. not in a great position, maybe that's the money you use to take that shot and you're, you don't have that <laughs> money again. Yep. It's, it's, uh, uh, there's some deep evil in this. Yeah. It's, it's super bad. So uh, evil. I, I liked the next guy, uh, there was another good singer who comes and he's like, I'm just a white boy with soul. What can I say? And he sort of sucked, but like he was a good singer and they kick him out and they humiliate him. And this, this felt really strange to me because he did deserve to get a little humiliated because coming white in with, with like, soul. Hey, yeah. yeah, I'm the white boy with soul. You can't ever say um, that. Yeah. Like what Even a fucking dork. Like me. Uh, Yes. <laughs> and you know, low key racist, whatever. But um, it just felt like a failure by the show in a, in a way that was really, really hard for me to put into words. Like, like they fundamentally don't understand what was funny about making fun of American Idol singers and fundamentally don't understand why you should make fun of a person like this. And they basically are like, Hey, you don't know how to sing by. And he's like, Oh, that hurts my feelings. But it's like, no, no, no. He should feel like a, a dork for saying the dorky stuff. Yes. You anyway. should actually make fun of the thing worth making fun of. But the very premise of the show is we're not going to do that. Right. The premise is we're not going to make fun of the thing we should. And uh, the next guy was like this weird old science teacher who read Huey Lewis's heart and soul, like off a piece of paper. And, like that, As a spoken like, guy, word performer. Yeah, that guy shouldn't be left alone. Like that's a full maniac. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, it's pretty good, buddy. Uh, they had a manic pixie weirdo come on and he sang uh, All Out of Love uh, based on me and Jamie's Bruce Willis song. Uh, and it's like, it's not as good as our version, but it's it's pretty good. And then Brian McFadden like, like mistakes him for a girl. And that was really That's awkward. why he was through. I, I guarantee yeah, that's you that's 100%. what they thought was funny about that. Right. He was kind of non-binary and they're like, isn't that, what a zany character. Uh, and like, again, okay, very, for the time, I mean, I guess they would have done that exact same joke on American Idol if this person showed up, if Ross showed up, they right. would have done that same thing. But then when he actually sang really decent, they would have been like, oh, okay, you're through. Like, they were even hinting at that in when Briggs was like, I only have one question for you. I think it's on everyone's mind. And you're like, oh my God, are they going to ask him? 
And then instead of asking, are you a boy or a girl? He says like, uh, you, you, where'd you get that voice? It's fantastic. Or something like, a, like it was pretty dark. Uh, anyway. And in uh, 2004, I'm, I'm saying like American Idol would have made that same joke, which sucks. Yes. It sucks. then, sucks now. But they would have at least respected that, that, that Ross was then, then went on to be at least okay. I mean, right. Not I do think that Simon Cow would have like, like tactlessly just asked. Yeah. Like, they would have been shitty just, about it, but it your ability would have gotten through. Whereas yeah. here it's like your ability is meaningless. We're going to keep you around because this is hilarious. <laughs> Uh, I, in my notes, I have the, the next white guy comes in and seems like he has been training like all afternoon to, to try to sound black, to talk to Tone Loke. And that's just all that happens. He's like, yo, what I'm saying, Tone Loke is good. Yo, how I've been, you know, just, I, I had no idea. I don't recognize the I lingo like, from anywhere. Like Tone Loke visibly hated that. Like <laughs> yes. he was, he was looking to either side. Like, can one of you help? Is one of you going to step in? I, I agree. And that's part of what's fucked up about the show is. Tone Loke is supposed to humor the bad people. And this guy was definitely a bad person. So Tone Loke's supposed to pretend like this guy's awesome. But also he should probably tell him, like, you know, why are you talking like this? Uh, You're so going to like, get killed. You're going to go outside and get killed. <laughs> so there's a falseness, but, like, nobody has their footing. Even the people doing the fucking with, they don't They don't get... Tone Loke was the only one I felt bad for. Like, it, he he didn't seem to approach this with as much zeal as Vitamin C and right. and Briggs. Briggs. He definitely, he would be like, yeah, that's no good, or whatever. Like, it was just very chill doing the minimum to get away with it. <laughs> like, I don't, uh, I, I would believe it if they didn't fully explain. They're like, we're doing an American Idol thing, and then they got him on, we're like, okay, here's the deal. <laughs> Tone Loke was just like, all right, I need the money. Sure. I'll take it. Uh, a magician comes in, he does like a Scatman Crothers song <laughs> with <laughs> while like, doing, doing magic tricks. While doing like a Louis Armstrong impression. <laughs> while oh, also so doing tap dancing while also doing stage magic. I was fully on board. That's yeah, a, I, I was 100% put that guy through. But he, again, is really wrong for the tone of this show. Like that's the guy you'd see as a street performer and and like be fascinated with for a minute and a half, but like, yeah. but you wouldn't make fun of him. You wouldn't be like, you, can you believe that right, guy? They have no magic? idea what they're doing. Yeah, he's like a, he's like a, a genuine weirdo. Like that's a Tim and Eric character. We all, as was the next dude. Yes. The spooky mind master. <laughs> this guy, um, he sang glory, glory, hallelujah. Uh, in my notes, I put, he, he sings it like a Damon Wayans character in a, like a church sketch, like someone who's an oh, over-enthusiastic choir member. We're getting catty about the voices. We're no better. Well, I, I meant he, he was singing it too big. I think his voice was bad. Sure. But, uh, I'm not a super great judge of that, but I like the, but he Briggs told he, he, him he's like sexual voodoo and he was yeah, nowhere he near it. as offended by it as he should have been. <laughs> like that should have been a fist fight right there. Agreed. Uh, he did come in saying that he had mind powers, though, and he can get inside any... He can infiltrate minds through the eyes. Right. Again, though, there's a caretaker that will politely usher him away and say, like, uh, yeah, I'm really sorry. Uh, can we not make a big deal of this? Right. I, well, the next one after the Mind Master was uh, the girl Kelly, who's obviously like a local dancer. <laughs> she just gets fully nude really awkwardly and yeah. sings a, not a terrible Cindy Lauper, but... Uh, there are some people it's that will little, get naked in like a scenario and they will right. present it to you as a problem. Like they 
here you are. You deal with this. <laughs> yeah, like, you did. It's not like a free thing. Like, I, I don't understand this or this is natural. It's like, I know this is a problem for you. Yes. Here you are. And she was very yeah, confrontationally nude. Uh, I'm not sure there's anyone left in part one worth talking about. I really like the boot scoot and boogie guy who came in in just a sheer panic. He was so nervous. Of stage fright and talking about his, you know, bragging about his confidence. And this is a, a great example of um, how these people aren't actually themselves. Like they come on the show and I'm sure they're told by producers, we want confidence. We want larger than life. We want superstar. And and here's this guy is like trying to be this thing he's like never worked on. Uh, and... He, and vitamin C after he's done with his extremely nervous boot scootin' boogie with his voice mm. quavering the, the whole time. Vitamin C looks him straight in the eye and says, I find you very sexy. And yeah. like, that's the exact moment she is damned to hell forever. Like that's, yeah. that's just plain evil. That, that guy will try to recreate that for the rest of his life. The well, way- he's also going to see that, like that that's a joke about him and just... Yeah. Like he's going to yeah, murder you for your feet and nobody will prosecute. It'll be allowed. Yeah. You could show that to a jury and they'd be like, she kind of had it coming. Look, we can cut that. Jamie, uh, go ahead and cut that. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I, don't worry. I'll, I'll make everything sound nice. And Most good. of this is cut. Don't worry. <laughs> I loved uh, Jojo who had a, he had a little hat. <laughs> and, and he had the balls to sing swing, swing low, swing chariot, <laughs> straight to Tone Loke, like looking tone, to Loke tone Loke specifically in the eye. Like, this is for you. Hey, Tone I Loke, get, do you like slave spirituals? I guess that's not a crime. Like, I guess. I mean, it feels like a crime, but nobody prosecutes. Uh, I do want to talk about the next one uh, right after him, because a, a woman comes in and she's a pretty excellent singer, uh, especially... Uh, for this show and vitamin C just gets up and leaves. And then tone Loke goes after her and, uh, she's Briggs just tells her to go away. And so she's confused and hurt and whatever they were trying to do with this bit did not land. And yeah, they were trying to do it. Like what you've done is so offensive. You've driven us out of the room and it's best. We don't even talk about yes. it, but it was he more just deeply she disrespected confusing. Gladys Knight. Oh, that's, yeah, the next, says, that's a, the next girl. Like, Oh, shit, you're up. right. She's very young. She's, I want to say, 16, 17. Seems like very sweet down to earth and is actually really good. And they stop her immediately and be like, yeah, that's disrespectful. Yeah. And that made her cry. And that's the moment <laughs> Briggs is damned to hell forever. Yeah, they all agreed they went too far for that. Like, no, all it took is... He's probably <laughs> he's probably been before that. There was like a bad night at the quarry. Uh, I did really like the strangeness of the next guy who came in and sang War. Do you remember this one? Yeah, actually, kind of. I actually did. put this guy on the soundboard because I truly don't know how to describe it. I'm going to go ahead and press play, and again, I can't hear this. All right, let's do it then. War. Huh. Yeah, what is it good for? Absolutely nothing. War, huh? Yeah, what is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Say it again, y'all. War, huh? Look at I. What is it good? I'm probably the worst person to be doing this episode because I have no idea. Uh, I have so little musical ability that if anybody like sings confidently, I'm like, hey, that's pretty good. Right. Like he's leading a parade with the song specifically written not to lead a parade with. 
It's just like his choices. It's are a really crazy. weird choice. I can even I can spot the choice of doing the song War, but as kind of like a show tune thing is a crazy thing to do. But if you ask me to like if this show is based on the quality of his voice or singing, I like half of these people. I'm like, huh. All right. Yeah, I agree. And I think like he the fact that he kind of looks like he came from a hockey game and he's kind of got like a like a bro smirk on his face while he sings it like a real like cocky guy kind of thing. I'm like, this is this is a good kind of Tim and Eric crazy. And the show didn't know what to do with him. This show was looking for William Hung and and it gets like a truly indescribable strange man. We got to cover Mario. Uh Mario is another of these people that you, I mean, you can't make fun of him. It's, there's a very good reason. I don't know what it is. I don't know his life experience, but it's not really okay. He yeah, does, there's a doctor out there with a good reason yeah, to and leave they, Mario They alone. clearly know and understand that even by 2004 terms, as mm-hmm. he does a very low confidence version of Celebration. And then they stand up to dance just to like mockingly dance for him, which is seems exceedingly and, cruel. Briggs takes that opportunity to get a little too close to vitamin C for her comfort. Yeah, definitely mine. And as, as he uh, leaves, as, as Mario leaves, Brian just straight bullies him with a, you got a good look to you. And he's, yeah, dude. I mean, he's very okay. small. He's a very small, very skinny, very, you know, introverted young man. And, uh, there's, there's a few, is there anybody else you really need to cover? Because otherwise I think we can skip to the end. I think so. Let me go through my notes. Uh, I went through them uh, uh, one by one because I did note that some of them would have been really funny on an American Idol audition. And yeah, they do. There find- were so many on this that, like, uh, God, there was one girl. Like her name was Lori. I don't know if you remember her, but she was not very confident, and she was way too close to just a not very good singer for this type of abuse. Like, uh, she wasn't a shit show. She had nothing like weird about her. Yeah, and they so, find more of those. In this yeah, so half. like, so when they're like, "Hey, you're so good! Oh my god, you're so good!" Like, and then she goes home and she sees this. Like, this will be heartbreaking. This will be so damaging. Uh, whereas I think a lot of the other people. I mean, I, it's hard to like get inside the head of all these strangers, but like, it, <laughs> I. I don't know. Like, I don't think Mario interfaces with the world in the same way as Lori does. I no. guess is my point. And I think that's, those are the few that they're looking to find where like you yes. are grounded and generally just kind of narcissistic and out of touch. So it's going to be more okay for us to make fun of you, but they don't find that many. And so we get to the finale, which we didn't watch. We didn't watch the whole show. Uh, we watched these, the two part pilot where they found like all of the people that actually made it to the finale right. and then they exploit and ruin those people for like six more episodes apparently before they get to the, the I big did watch payoff. some of those. I want to do a quick recap. The kind of things they do is they would be like, Hey, we're going to go out and do like a superstar photo shoot. So they like dress them all up and they like rent a mansion or rent a car. And then they like feed them really embarrassing lines. Like, yeah, the Ferrari's real Mario. <laughs> and then they like, it's so mean spirited. It's just like fucking worse than the auditions. You know what this is? This is, okay, has anybody seen, God, this is a deep cut, has anybody seen Michael Douglas's The Game? Of course, the movie? yes. Yes, yes. Really? Both of you? Deep deep cut, we're like nobody favorite, knows. Nobody favorite. knows what I'm talking about when I talk about that movie. That's not a deep cut. <laughs> That's a deep cut for a normal human beings, apparently. 
Uh, <laughs> this is like a reverse the game. This is this is a vast conspiracy bespoke designed just ultimately at the end to make one person realize that life is not worth living. <laughs> like it is because yes. there's all these little fuck you's along the ways where they're like, we'll do the audition. Fuck you. Fuck you. But what this is really about is the winner because it comes down to the winner alone on stage and it's saying, Hey, here's the big moment. Like, like at, at the end of the game, he jumps off and, and it's fine. He lands in a, in a stunt bag or whatever. Yeah, they trick Michael Douglas into suicide. Yeah, but the, here they would trick you into suicide and then just like right before you hit the ground, you see each shit written on the asphalt. Like, <laughs> It's just a one yeah. specific fuck you that they spent like half a million dollars and six weeks making to yeah. nobody, to nobody that deserved to, it. To literally ruin an industry that gave a lot of people joy. <laughs> <clears throat> so here we are uh, at the finals. And I guess let's talk about like the reveal, which I think uh, demonstrates the the worst lack of foresight. It was like, so I think hard to watch. Like if I feel- sat in a writer's room, yeah, if I was in a writer's room, like, hey, God, guys, I have an idea. American Idol, but just the bad people. Now, if I'm with a bunch of psychopaths or even just like people who are like, maybe we can make this work. That starts as kind of a funny idea. I think most people would talk you out of the idea after like five minutes. They're like, yeah, but without a foil for that. Like, that's just going to seem mean. Right. Let's think but, about that moment of the reveal, shall we? Yes. But yeah, like more obviously, how are you going to reveal it? What? How will that be funny to say, ha ha, it's been weeks, your whole life's alive, fuck you. Like, and sure enough, it's very awkward. <laughs> yeah, you even see, I feel like even Brian, like, discovered a little cricket on his shoulder that was like, maybe mm-hmm. this is bad, like halfway through, because he... I hadn't seen him stumble on his words at all. And then this finale, it comes down to Jamie and Mario, who we already covered. And they very cruelly dressed Mario up, ironically, in like a huge leather jacket and tried to make him a bad boy thing. And it's just, yeah, it is complete so fucking... 80s fucking style bullying. And uh, so it's between the two and they go with Jamie for the winner, which is a slightly wiser choice because the very beautiful white girl will be able to take it, I guess. But Mario even mm-hmm. still storms off. Uh, the show had to issue an apology several days after this aired because they told the crowd that these were Make-A-Wish kids. They paid the crowd to be there. Oh my but then God. they said, hey, these are Make-A-Wish kids. It's their dream to be singers. So pretend they're awesome singers. Oh, I'm so glad you brought this up. Yes. <laughs> so. Wow. So I feel like it's at least honest enough uh to those two, God, how do you even describe the the deceit here? What they're yeah, presenting when you to get us to hell, is, the devil is going to give you double finger guns. Just this right. guy, this is my guy. <laughs> Jamie and Mario are experiencing this as presented. I think, like they don't know it's a prank yet. They think they're winning an American Idol knockoff, and um, and I don't think that they're, the crowd is fake. I mean, it's it they're fake in. The way I mentioned, like yeah, in the way that it is game, they're insincere. Yeah, it just it's all gamed. But and again, that's it's hard to say what counts as real, what that word even means. But I, I don't me, think this is all just like bad actors pretending to be on stage. To me, it doesn't matter though. It doesn't matter if they had gamed this whole thing and they're bad actors or whatever, because this is still the story they want to present. Like it's not that's almost yeah. worse because it's not an accident. 
that you come to this moment in your life. Oh, wait, this whole thing we fucked up. We didn't think about this moment. Uh, I want to talk about the clip. They 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 show a they play a clip package, and they show uh, Jamie watching it, and she sees herself singing, and you could see her face like, "Ooh, do I sound? I'm like sound like shit in that." Yeah, but like she's shaking it off uh, because every everything else is telling her that like, "Hey, that's just a weird moment. Don't worry about it." Like if you right now listening think you would know, you wouldn't know. Weird moments. Yeah, like you you'd have no idea. The I think just the falseness of Hollywood in general, combined with the intentional deceit of everyone around her for weeks, like there's no way you'd know. Like this is a prank anyone could have fallen Who for, and that's like part I, of nobody. what is I'm frustrating. Not, right? She's just like whatever she did before. She's a, she's a TV salesman or something. Why would they put spend hundreds of thousands of dollars just to punk me at this moment? Yes. Why would they spend weeks in all of these people's lives? You could never possibly suspect if it is, you know, real. Why, yes. Who would? What would they have to gain? So uh, I did write down everything McFadden said to her because what you're looking for. Say you are a sadist and you want this like punchy ending. Uh, they don't. They don't give it to you. Uh, he says they're looking for someone with an unconditional belief in themselves that nothing could stop them. Not even a lousy singing voice. And she reacts to that. She's like, "What?" Yeah. But he keeps going, and she's like, "Okay, I must have misheard him." Her wheels are turning, but she's there's no way she could get it. And he says, "We weren't looking for America's best singer. We were looking for someone who thought they were America's best singer." Jamie, we lied to you when we said you were a great singer but we didn't lie to you about how much this audience loves you right now. Ironically, he leaves out yes. ironically, which is like the yes. important part, which I was incorrect about because they love you because they think you're a make a wish kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, well, I would be allowed to write that for... evil into a script. <laughs> the only reason they apologized is because they like named a foundation. Like they say, hey, this we oh, named yeah. a specific foundation we should have done. I don't think they cared about the morality of saying, pretend this person is good at singing because they're dying. Yeah. Like if they would have just not said make a wish, they, it wouldn't have occurred to them to apologize. Um, so, and then after all that, like after just as gently as possible, trying to break it to her that, they, hey, this is a prank, but it's okay. We want to get out of have, this without you breaking down, yeah. though you really should. I have one question for you, Jamie. Are you willing to put in the effort and do whatever it takes to become a true superstar? And, you know, whatever. God bless her. She goes, um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, she has to say yes now. <laughs> There's only the illusion of choice because what what they also reveal to her is that you win, uh, you win fifty, a hundred thousand yeah. uh, dollars. Except she doesn't. She wins a recording contract with an advance right. of a hundred thousand dollars. So she has to do the work now, knowing that she's humiliating herself for this, or she gets yes. nothing. She can't say no at this point and come and he, away with anything. And here's the thing: is William Hung existed at this point in history? Like he was the guy on American Idol. He was a terrible singer, but like in a way people liked. And so he put out an album and people like knew who William Hung was. Uh, she said in an interview after the show, she did not want to be a William Hung. Like she had no interest in being like a novelty, terrible singer. Right. And never presented and, herself as such. Yes. So she's confused, but not even embarrassed. Uh, it's kind of a nice moment in a dark way. Uh, Cause they give her a bunch of money it's like a state right, of cocktease, though. Like the, the stated intent of the show has been derailed. Uh, and I guess most people would do 
more humiliating things for less money. Uh, but uh, it's just a, a gentle, nice ending to a psychopath's unbaked idea. And they hug. She high fives the crowd. It, it's like presented as a happy ending to just a failure of a terrible prank. It's so fucked up. It's such, uh, that's such coercion. That contract thing is what really, it's yeah. just like, didn't go, didn't Suge Knight go to jail for this, for exactly this? <laughs> Probably. It does seem like fraud in some ways. Um, just dangle him uh, off a balcony. It's morally more correct. But they, they also tell Mario um, that, Hey, uh, we're looking for the worst singer. Fuck you. Uh, and they give him $10,000. So he's like, oh, yeah, I don't care. I got attention. I found the real inner me. I'm like this crazy, aggressive rock star guy, which again, that's a bad lesson for this individual yeah. to learn. That's some damage um, down the road. And the next one I really liked because they told uh, the third place girl, her name was Rosa. Uh, they gave her $5,000 and she's like, oh, you're looking for the worst singer? <laughs> it doesn't surprise me that Jamie won. <laughs> Which is just like, no, no, no. Don't take the lesson that you should be cruel to others. <laughs> like She was still being catty like, ah, I'm only the third worst singer. <laughs> Bitch. Uh, anyway, Jamie. but Jamie's narcissism is undeterred. She says uh, she signed the first of millions of autographs and she's been practicing writing autographs her whole life. Uh, her only dream was being famous, and she is, so she just doesn't care. And this attitude did not change after the show. I found an interview with her weeks later, and she was like, yeah, totally. Like, it's it's fun. I, you know, I, I, it's a little embarrassing, but, like, I, I didn't practice any of those songs. She's like, nothing broke her confidence. She's like, when I sang at church and at birthdays and funerals, these, that's, those are real places she has sang before. She's like, I practice a lot, so I sound really good. And on the TV, I didn't. Nope, nobody learned anything, and we are all worse for having experienced this. Uh, may God have mercy on us all. Einstein Hunter Frankfurt! Einstein Hunter Frankfurt! It's a podcast canal! mit maximalem Schau! Doc Frankfurt Podcast? Connect! Yeah! The craft is nicht trapped, it's nicht ohne! Schick die in the Hundesau! Dio eine Stunde! Komm schon! Du kennst die Nummer! Love is in the air tonight at 60, count of 60 swinging singles vie for the attention of one lovely mate. Takes a king to rule a country, but only love rules supreme. It's love supreme, let's meet our competitors. Three Finger Louie, Aaron Croston, Adrian H, Aiden Moat likes long walks on the beach, Oh, hook that one early, step up your game singles, Alpha Scientist Javo, Andreas Larson. Armando Nava likes short walks on the beach. A big swing. Benjamin Cyronin. Finn Talson. Brandon Garlock. Ryan Saylor likes running on the beach. Hey, all right. Brianne Whitney. Brockway loves the meat millet. Yes, he does. Sarah. Rev. Chase McPherson likes medium length beach drives. And okay, yeah, all right. Get that one. Chris Brower, Curious Glare, Dan B, Dean Costello, 
Donald Finney. Dr. Awkward likes horseback riding on the beach. See, that's how you do it, Chase McPherson. That's how you do it. We got Eric's Balding, Fancy Shark, Jello, Hambone, fucking loves the beach. Their words, their emphasis. Haraka, Hot Fart. Jacob Thornburg would make love to the beach if only society would allow it. Okay. John Dean, John McCammon, John Minkoff, Josh S. Ken Paisley is the beach. Not, I'm not following on that one, Ken. Oh, he's doing a beach impression now. That's actually really good. K&M, laziest man on Mars. Mark, Matt Riley races the beach to the horizon every night and will do so until he catches her. Hey, that's beautiful, Matt. Michael Lair, Michael Wells, Mike Stiles, Moju, ND. Neil Bailey writes, if you cut me, do I not bleed sand? He's, he's cutting himself now. Good lord, it is sand, masterfully played. Neil Schaefer, Nick Ralston, Nick H, Ozzy Olin. Patrick Herbst has just legally changed his name to Beach McSlop. I, I get Beach, is there a significance to McSlop? No, he's shaking his head no. Rain Vargas, Rhiannon, Rich Joslin, Zarkovsky. Spotty Reception just bought the beach and no other contestants are allowed on it. Baby, if you like the beach, there is one game in town. Ted H has just murdered Spotty Reception and stolen the beach team. Looking back, this one was inevitable. Timmy Leahy, Toasty God has dynamite in a dream. Won't you make a new beach? Together? If that doesn't work on them, Toasty God, it worked on me. Tom Sekula, Tommy G, Yosarian, and our stunning star, the center of all this attention and deserves every bit of it, the gorgeous, the talented, Jaber Al Aiden, whose turnoffs include the beach. Oh, but wait, turn-ons? Dynamite, we got a match, let's love Supreme, folks.